You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Rudy Garcia Tolson endured 15 surgeries by the age of five, before telling his parents he'd rather have a double-leg amputation. By age eight, he had already become active in swimming, running, and triathlons. At that age, Rudy stated that he wanted to compete at the Paralympic Games, and eight years later, he made good on that promise when he swam to gold at the 2004 Paralympic Games in Athens. Now, he is a five-time Paralympian and five-time Paralympic medalist. In 2009, Rudy also became the world's first double above-knee amputee to complete an Ironman triathlon. Rudy, it's great to see you again. And uh, before we start, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you again for joining us at Move United Junior Nationals and, and being with us and, and all the athletes for a couple of days serving as our, our swim announcer. But So uh, first, I just thought I'd say, what, what did you think of that experience? Yeah, it was very cool. It was actually my first uh, uh, Move United Junior Nationals, and uh, I just thought it was uh, an amazing event. Uh, you know, it was a little bit hot there in uh, in Denver, but uh, you know, everybody's uh, attitude was was uh, was very motivating, and uh, to see the the amount of ath- uh, junior you know uh, junior Paralympic athletes, uh, you know, you're gonna have uh, future Paralympians. Uh, future just all around healthy people uh, healthy challenge athletes you know competing in multiple different sports uh yeah the future is looking bright for us so definitely very cool to, to, to be able to have a little part of that so thank you for having me yeah and 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 thank you obviously and i remember you telling me that you had never done uh, swimming announcing before which was hard for me to believe because you did just a, such a fantastic job <laughs> oh, thank you thank you yeah it's the first time doing that so i can check that off my list and uh, maybe, maybe add that to my uh, future resume we'll see <laughs> <laughs> that's true you might have a career in this <laughs> so um I, you, you just you just shared that you are making a big life change so let's talk about that yeah, so I, uh, you know, I just got done with uh, my last uh, uh, Paralympic swimming uh, uh, competition. I was just in uh, uh, Madeira, um, Portugal, for the swimming world championships, uh, and uh, that was that is that was my last uh, kind of uh, Paralympic uh, swim meet. I uh, did my first Paralympic swim meet in 2002, so 20 years of, of swimming for me is in that, that, and wrapping that up there. Uh, not retiring, but just switching over sports. I'm going to try to make a go for a triathlon for Paris 2024. But in the mean in between, I'm also uh, heading heading down to San Diego, making a, a change. Uh, and I'm going to be taking up a uh, full-time position in with uh, the Challenge Athletes Foundation, uh, working with uh, the program's uh, team and also uh, an athlete liaison. So very excited about uh, making these changes and, and being back in San Diego. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of changes coming up. Well, 20 years as a competitive uh, athlete and swimmer, uh, you know, is a fan, fantastic career, and we'll, we'll, get in, we'll get into some of that. So, so, so kudos to you and making that move from Colorado Springs to, uh, to San Diego as, as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It should be fun. 
So um, one of the things that I remember learning about you is that, you know, you had like a dozen or more surgeries, um, you know, as you, uh, you know, growing up. Um, and, and then I think, you know, you're the one, you're the one that told your parents that, that you, instead of any more that you wanted to just get, you know, just say amputate your legs. Is that right? That, that's correct. You know, like, uh, like ma- many of the kids at the, at the junior nationals, uh, you know, we, uh, I was born uh, a little bit differently. Uh, I had uh, different challenges in my life. Um, other things that I had to worry about other than what was my favorite TV show on, on, on TV on Saturday, you know, I was, uh, I was more thinking about how I was going to get out of the hospital and, and, and just be a kid. You know, I was uh, born with multiple birth defects and, the biggest challenge that I had was that my legs were uh, bent at the knee and I was unable to stretch both of my legs out as I had webbing, webbing under my knees and the main artery running through that, that webbing prohibited the doctors from just cutting the webbing and freeing my legs. So uh, I went through the, the process of uh, trying multiple experiments and, and procedure, procedures to try to fix and correct uh, both of my legs. Um, you know, the doctors, when I was born, told my mom and dad that, that, that they think the best option for me was going to be to amputate my legs. Uh, but my parents refused. They didn't. They, they didn't want to have the doctors remove my legs, and then have me come back later in my life and you know question why they took my legs. You know, so you know that that's when the doctor, my parents decided that they were going to try to save my legs, try to fix my legs. And the doctors didn't know how, but they had a few ideas. So uh, I spent essentially the first five years of my life in in the hospital and um you know I, I knew that i was different from a very young age um and to you know for people to to, to hear that i made the decision to have my legs amputated at the age of five uh sometimes people uh, uh have a hard time on understanding that uh but for me it was such a, a black and white decision because i was in uh um it was in a very, a very hard place, uh, physically, uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just in, in probably the worst, uh, the worst uh, place I, that I, a little kid can be in. And uh, I was, uh, I, I had no mobility. Um, I was uh, consistently in and out of operations, uh, waiting for my, my, my wounds to heal. And, you know, essentially I, I have an older brother and, and three older sisters and I just wanted to be like them. And, um, so after all the, you know, after all the operations and everything at the age of five, uh, I remember telling my, my parents, let's just cut my legs off. And, and, uh, I think, I think they were a little bit more, more, uh, okay with going through with removing my legs after hearing me say it. Um, I think it just gave them a little bit more of relief, um, and, 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 and it did. Uh, and, and I remember going into the operation, having my legs amputated at the age of five and, you know, coming out and, 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 you know, being sent home two weeks later and, 
Uh, and then, you know, a few weeks later, getting my first pair of prostate legs uh, was quite an experience, you know, going from being pushed, pushed around in a wheelchair to essentially standing up and being, you know, as tall as I wanted to be uh, overnight, it, it seemed like, uh, you know, definitely it was, uh, you know, very, very hard and challenging recovering and, and getting getting to, to put on two prosthetics, but uh, it didn't seem like it was that hard compared to what I went through to to start with, which was, you know, being in the hospital. So, so yeah, you know, I, I had a very, very different childhood than, than, than typical kids. Um, but that's, you know, in a way who, how, how, you know, what made me who, who I am today. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, obviously maybe not as a five-year-old, you realize this, but looking back, it was a quality of life issue for you, right? Absolutely. You know, being the young, being the baby of my family and going to the park on the weekend with my family and playing baseball and, you know, seeing my brothers and sisters, the way they moved around just so flawless and seamlessly and easy running on two legs and having two arms, you know, that, that to me was like, oh, I want that. Like, of course I want that. I just want to be able to move. I just wanted to be able to, to go out and play and and not have my parents worried that I was going to get hit by a car because I'm so low to the ground. You know, it was uh, an all. It was always uh, um, a challenge to just to be a kid. You know, I just just wanted just wanted to go home. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be at home. I just wanted to be part of the family. You know, and that that was I think one of the hardest parts of, of those early years was just being separated from from my family and, and not not being able to be a kid. You know, so that was what it was about. It was just about being a kid. So as a kid, and obviously with some siblings, uh, how did you first get introduced to sport? And what sports were you playing at, at, you know, five, six, seven years old? Yeah, you know, I grew up uh, grew up in Southern California. So my family was quite active. Brother played football. Sisters played soccer. Um, we have, I grew up in a trailer park. And we had a community pool that was open every summer. And that's typically what we did in the summertime when we had no school. Uh, we went to the pool uh, in the afternoon and usually stayed, you know, all afternoon just playing in the pool. And as I remember the few rare times that I was at home, uh, we, I went to the pool and, and I got to go in the pool, but I, I was only you know, willing to sit on the stairs because one, I didn't know how to swim and two, I was pretty terrified of the water. Um, and it wasn't until after I got my legs amputated that one of the first things that I got into was, was, uh, my parents gave me swim lessons and my dad suggested that I learn how to swim because, you know, me from California, it's quite a, uh, a quite an important skill to have and with me missing both of my legs he they figured that i uh i more, more should really 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 do something just just so i have that skill and so i started swim lessons uh, at, at the age of about six years old and uh and then i joined my first swim team uh at the age of seven years old in san Bernardino. And I was the only kid on the whole team of about a hundred kids uh, who, who who had a disability. Uh, so I just, just stood out like a sore thumb, and everybody knew who I was. Uh, all the local teams knew who I was. I was known as the boy with no legs, and uh, you know, I, I I I didn't I didn't really like that name too much. Um, you know, I was I had a, I had a pretty thick skin even as a young kid. I. 
I, 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 um, I was, uh, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to the people staring at my legs, to the people, to some of the young kids making fun of me, bullying me. You know, I, I, I didn't really pay attention to that stuff. But when I was started swimming, I really realized that I was different. You know, I was the only kid with no legs, uh, and and really, that's that's kind of how kind of I kind of got on my competitive path, which was. You know, I, I told myself, all right, I want to want to try to beat one kid with legs. I just I just didn't want to come in last. Everybody expected the boy with no legs to come in last, and that was it. You know, I I didn't want I didn't want want it to go that like that. So uh, my first goal was to try to beat a kid with legs, and I remember it took me about six months to finally accomplish <laughs> that that one goal. Uh, I beat the kid next to me in one of in one of my shorter races, and uh, you know, at that moment, I knew that that's that's what I wanted more of. You know, when I heard you know his friends, you know, say, "Oh man, you got beat by the kid with no legs," you know, I knew that that's, that's what I wanted more of. And uh, really, that's what set me on the path to continue swimming and and to continue uh, training. And and little, little did I know that that would you know, become somewhat of my life for the next 20 years. So. Well, we all have those reasons that where we develop that fire in our gut and, and definitely had to have thick skin at, at, you know, unfortunately at seven years old, because you were only identified, you know, by, by, you know, your visual, uh, you know, presence and look and, and, and not by anything, anything else. So, so that, that was, that was the impetus behind your competitive fire then. I think to pinpoint one 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 moment or one situation, I think that's got to be what put me on the path to to go to five Paralympic Games and you know do Ironman and, and do all that uh, all the sporting things that I've done. So, so um, I under, I understand when you were eight, you said you you wanted to go to the Paralympics. So you you've developed that competitive fire early on, and and I don't know if that goal, that ambition early on as well um what what did you do at that age to you know gear up for that yeah so right around the time that i had my legs amputated and i got involved in sports was 1996 when the atlanta paralympic and olympic games came came here to to the u.s and uh and around the 1996 uh paralympic games there were some publications that, that went out to some of the local prosthetic uh uh places where i would get my legs fixed and, and made and so i would see these uh blaze sports uh uh, uh kind of a, a monthly or a yearly newsletters and i would see people on there running with prosthetic legs people swimming with you know uh with no arms and no legs and it really you know really showed me that there's this whole world out there for me that that was a competitive competitive world that that i can shoot for that was going to take me around the world and essentially be the best of the best and that's that's what appealed to me. And that's when I, when I seen, seen these uh, publications from the 1996 Paralympics, I was like hooked. I was like, that's what I want to do. And, and then I think a, a year or two later is when I, when I was eight years old and I, I have it in, in a newspaper clipping. So it's not something that I just made up to, to make it sound like a cool story. But when I was eight years old, I literally told my parents and, and my teammates and my coach said I want to go to the 2004 Paralympic Games, and I knew they were going to be in Athens, Greece. 
And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, um, I didn't know how it was going to happen. You know, I'm sure there were a few years there when I was 12, 13, that I probably forgot about that whole goal and dream. But not, nevertheless, I continued to swim. I continued to go to school and be a kid and just kind of do what I did. And sure enough, uh, eight years later is when, when I made made that that 2014 so um yeah it's it's crazy how you, you tell you tell people you're gonna do something and then eight years later you go out and do it uh, and then you continue to do it uh i can say that it's uh it's been a very blessed life that's for sure well yeah i was gonna say you, you didn't just do it you you not only went to the 2004 uh, games in in athens but you won gold so <laughs> so kudos, kudos on that it was a very, very uh, defining moment for me uh, going to my first Paralympics at the age of 15. I turned 16 there, uh, being able to go in as a outside contender and, and then all of a sudden come in and break the world record in the prelims and win the gold medal for the finals. Uh, to hear the national anthem playing and, and to become you know, Paralympic gold medalist was like, uh, it was a dream that I would fantasize with uh, when I went to bed. And, and then all of a sudden it came reality. So, you know, hard work does pay off in mysterious ways. So uh, you've been to, as you mentioned, five Paralympics and you're also a five-time Paralympic medalist. Do you have, uh, is there a, a favorite among the five or is there a defining, uh, was the first your favorite because because it was your first and you won gold or, or, or do you have another outstanding moment from another Paralympics? You know, my, my favorite, uh, you know, they're, they're all very unique in their own way. Uh, being for me, my, my first games obviously are, are the most memorable 2004, 2008 for me have been my most memorable experiences, uh, just because of uh, teammates that I had who 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 I've had teammates for multiple games and live live with teammates and you know really trained the they you know trained all you know all my sessions with certain teammates so we create you know really special bonds and you know when you're younger uh you know the the, the friends and teammates you know really are impactful for you and can really make you know trips amazing or 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 not so amazing so for me um you know they're all very special in their own ways but for me 2008 has been by far the most memorable most impactful uh 2008 in beijing um you know being uh let's see i was 20 years old and, and being able to come home with two medals uh is it was just uh um you know like i, I yeah as the golden the golden era of my swimming career i like to call it so <laughs> well obviously we we've focused on swimming but you're also uh... Uh, uh, an avid and competitive runner uh, and as well as triathlons. So, uh, and then you competed, right? In, 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 not just in swimming at, at one of the Paralympics. Yeah. Yeah. 2012, I did track and field and swimming. I made two, two teams of the dual sport athlete. Uh, I did, I made it the track and field team in a hundred meter and 200 meter. Uh, I, I, uh, I definitely was humbled on the track. Uh, I came in last uh, by about a, a half a second or so, so not by a lot, but I still got got handled on the track. Uh, and then a year later, I went to World Championships for track and field, and I, I found my niche, which, which was the long jump. 
uh, and ended up being a really good long jumper. I ended up uh, winning my uh, my one and only uh, track and field uh, world championship silver medal uh, at in 2013. But yeah, I did a little bit of track and field. I've, I've always done track and field my whole life. Uh, but around 2012, I guess I got a little bored with swimming and decided to you know add more to the to the load. And so I did track and field. Uh, and then in the mean in between, I also do a lot of triathlons too. So I, I'm actually, uh, I've done an Ironman triathlon before the, the one and only double above the MT to finish an Ironman so far. Uh, I did that, uh, uh, 12, 13 years ago, if you can believe it back in 2009 in Kona, uh, I missed Kona when I went to Arizona and I, uh, 2009, and I finished that Ironman. It took me 16 hours and six minutes. So, uh, very long day. Uh, and and you know, that's more of like a, uh, I got, I got kind of in a mean in between. Triathlon is something that I love to do. Uh, I've, I've always loved to do relays. Uh, Ironmans uh, are a different story. They're a lot more um, time consuming and uh, painful. Uh, but, you know, for, for, for triathlon, for me, for going in for Paralympics for Paris, it's a sprint distance triathlon. So we're talking 750 meter swim, 12 mile bike ride and a three mile run. So we're talking about a race that takes an hour and some change. Um, that to me, that, that sounds great. So that's why I'm, uh, not, not completely done with sports, but just kind of switching over and doing something a little different. An hour is better than a 16 hour. <laughs> Absolutely. Any day. When you, you talked about Kona, I was going to ask you about Kona, but but before we get away from uh, you know the two the two sport um, athlete that you that you were at twelve, uh, you know nowadays we hear about obviously some overlap and crossover between summer and winter Paralympians, but not you know I mean to be able to compete in two sports at the same season Paralympic Games is just mind boggling to me. So. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, back in, uh, back in 2012, when, when I, when I first did the dual sports thinking about it, uh, I, I started doing the running stuff in 2011 and I had the crazy idea of, of doing two sports and in one games. Um, uh, I was told no by a lot of, the uh, a lot of the administrative higher ups in, in with the Paralympics just because it was never done before. Uh, that no one knew if it could be done. Um, and luckily for me, uh, well, I guess it was double-sided, but uh, I, I, I actually had to drop one of my main events in swimming to add on one of one of my main events in track and field. So I kind of had to make a really tough decision a year before the games if I was going to try to do it because I knew the schedule a year mm -hmm. before. And so I made the tough decision to drop one of my main events in the pool and switch it for a track event, uh, which hindsight is is always twenty twenty, as they say. But I I I I always look back and think if I didn't do the track and field, I probably would have medaled again in the other event in swimming, just based off of what the finishing times were. But you know, as they say, you can always you know it's, hindsight's twenty twenty. So right. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I did get beat in, in the pool in my main event in swimming. So I, I get, did come home with a silver medal. I, I lost by about that much in the pool. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so my critics can tell me that that's because I did track and field and I wasn't 100% focused on swimming. But uh, I wouldn't take it back for 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 a second because that's I, I did something that I knew I 
I knew that I didn't know if I could if it could be done. I didn't know if I could do it, and and that's that's why I think that's what appealed me most. So, yeah. Well, just I could see that you're just up for the challenge too, right? Yeah, yeah, some some challenge. There you go. <laughs> and, and like I said, you mentioned Kona, uh, and and the fact that you were the first double amputee to complete an iron iron uh, triathlon or Ironman. And so, is that is that the only one you've done? Was the one in Kona so far? Yeah, so I did. I did. I I was. I've been on three Ironman starting lines, and I've only finished one. Uh, so my odds are are not very good. Ugh percentage wise but my first one that i attempted was in kona in 2009 and i missed the bike cutoff by 15 minutes the second one that i did was in arizona five weeks later and i ended up finishing that one in 16 hours and six minutes and the third one that i did was which was in 2014 this was in germany it's a race called challenge roth and uh, I did the swim, I did the bike, uh, but I fortunately I had a pull out on the about, on the run about halfway through just because uh, uh, my body was uh, was not cooperating. My 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 back was hurting a lot, and I just couldn't run very well. And you know I probably could have finished it, but it would have been a, a very long day. And just you know you know sometimes you just gotta know when when when. When to you know when to uh, not quit, but you know sometimes you know when when it's not your day, you know. Yeah, so. and, you, and you've got to listen to your body, right? That's, exactly. Every, every exactly. athlete needs to make sure that they listen to their body, and exactly. and um, uh, so you said you know you don't have great odds or great record, but you know you got to you got to start you got to be on the finish line to even finish, or you got to you got to be on the starting line to even finish. So the fact that you at least you know we're on the starting line was 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 a good thing and so let's talk about paris um we we know you're a good swimmer obviously and you've got the the medals and the the records to prove it we know that you are a, a fantastic uh, runner so what about bicycling where, where do you stand on that yeah yeah the bicycling is is where all the questions are going to come in uh, in regards if i make paris or not uh to keep it simple the bike is my weakest my weakest of my three sports in triathlon and because i am a double above the knee amputee uh i essentially am using a lot of glute muscles i'm using a lot of hip flexors i'm using a lot of ab muscles I'm using a lot of upper body strength uh, on my bike to generate power, which is very untraditional uh, uh, in, in the sense of your in, in a sense of a traditional cyclist who try to use all the legs and all the core muscles they can and try to keep a nice upper body relaxed hands and relaxed shoulders. But I'm I'm different. I'm I gotta I gotta fight for every 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 uh, bit of uh, muscle and power I can get. So for the bike for me is going to be the weakest. Uh, my 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 competition all my most of all my competitors they all have one good leg and they're, they're missing one of their other legs so essentially they have one good full leg that which 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 is how they're very strong on the bike uh but when it comes to the swim and on the run i could typically you know outrun them and outswim them but the bike is going to be you know for me it's either going to be trying to hold on on the bike or to not let them get too far ahead on the bike and then i'll just have to you know run up run them home uh at the end there but uh you know you know i got classified uh earlier this year in florida uh, I got to do a race with some of the best uh, uh, American paratriathletes, so I got to see where they stand compared to me, and I definitely have my work cut out. 
Um, but you know, I'm putting all my cards in for triathlon. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do triathlon for a year and then get to, you know, a year out and realize that I might not make it and then switch over to swimming because I know I could probably make it. It's going to go all cards in and, and and if it happens, it happens. If not, then, you know, the, obviously for me, the main goal is to get to 2028 Paralympics, which will be in Los Angeles. And that's hometown for me. Uh, I can't think of a better way to hang it up uh, uh, my competitive career than doing it on home soil in front of family and friends and, you know, everybody that I've grown up with. So that, 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 that would be, uh, I would be pretty amazing if I can make that happen. So we'll see. I still got like less six years. So. Well, being a Southern Cal, yeah, native and, uh, and then obviously now moving back to Southern Cal, that'll be, that, that would be awesome uh, to come back to it and, and see LA 28 uh, for sure. Well, I know, I know some great swimmers have made that pivot, you know, to pair tribe, Brad Snyder, Melissa Stockwell, a number of others. So I know yeah. that you can, you can do it as well. And, and, and uh, we'll be rooting, rooting for you. You mentioned, obviously uh, you've been an ambassador for CAF and, and, and actually going to work for them in, in the near future. Um, they're, they were supportive of junior nationals providing support and scholarships for a lot of the athletes competing there. So what is, what is the, their, uh, their work uh, mean to you? You know, I've been involved with CAF since I was about eight years old. And I was, I was one of, I was the first kid that CAF uh, started working with, uh, you know, Challenge Athletes Foundation started uh, by, uh, for one gentleman by the name of Jim McLaren, who, uh, who was a, essentially a paratriathlete as well and, and ended up uh, uh, getting hit while in a triathlon and uh, went from an amputee triathlete to a paraplegic. And uh, his friends realized that, you know, Jim, Jim McLaren, he, he needs uh, help. You know, he needs help getting into the van. He needs help just, you know, just living life. And so they, they uh, created this event in San Diego, a triathlon to, to raise money to buy uh, Jim McLaren, a, uh, a, a van with a ramp so he can have some sort of independence. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, they realized that there were a lot of other challenge athletes who also needed help getting running legs and racing wheelchairs. And then I came along and they realized that there were kids who also needed support getting, para- getting running legs, racing wheelchairs, adaptive equipment, you know, as as we know, this adaptive equipment is not uh, easy to get sometimes. And for fa- some families who are financially challenged, it can almost be impossible. And, you know, that's really where CAF comes in. Uh, and, 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 you know, they, we, this year alone, we've given over, I believe it was $4 million in grants to, to athletes around the world who, who just want to get to the starting line. And as you said, if you can't get to the starting line, you're not going to get to the finish line. So, you know, what CAF does is, is really get athletes to the starting line and then it gives them a way to figure out how to get to that finish line. And, you know, I think to, for us to play a small role in these athletes' lives, uh, um, as we've seen at junior nationals, you know, these kids are growing up and not knowing any, any different. They, they, they don't look at themselves as, as different. They look at themselves as the same as everybody else. And, you know, I think that's something that speaks, speaks volume for what, what move United and what the Hartford and what Paralympics, what challenge athletes, what we do here in the United States, 
um, it's never been done and it's, it's a growing movement. Um, and it's for me to be able to play a small part of that, uh, to be an ambassador for CAF, uh, to be, you know, multiple time Paralympian to, you know, go to junior nationals and, and see some of the kids that I've known for, for their whole lives, uh, is, is really what it's all about because yeah, um, you know, winning medals is cool, you know, going to races is, is fun, but you know, really the, the end game, the mission that w- w- we're all about is, is providing the opportunities for these young challenge athlete kids to do what they want in life, whether it be sport related, whether it be academic related, whatever they want to do, we want to be able to push them forward and say, you want to do an Ironman, go do it. You need running legs. Here you go, go do it. You know? So to, to play a small part in that, uh, to help give back to next, the next generation, uh, I believe, is every Paralympian's duty and responsibility. And and so for me to play a small part in that, uh, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything more. That's awesome. Well, uh, how do Rudy? How do folks connect with you? What, what what platforms are you on? Or I know you have a website. So can you share those as well? Absolutely. I'm on, I'm on all the social media stuff. Uh, Rudy Garcia Tolson. Uh, my name uh, Garcia hyphenated Tolson. My dad's from uh, Mexico and my mom's uh, American. So that's why I have a uh, uh, Hispanic last name as well. But yeah. Uh, and then also uh, thinkrudy.com as my website. Uh, and then obviously, you know, challengeathleticsfoundation.org. Uh, the grant uh, application uh, process is going to start up here in uh, October. So, uh, for anybody listening, uh, if you, if you need some, some support from challenge athletes foundation, stay tuned. Uh, if any, if I can help out anybody, please reach out to me via social media, shoot me a message, uh, leave me a comment. Uh, and yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it's been a blast chatting. Thanks you, Rudy. Uh, have a good day.